And we're on. Welcome back <laughs> to another episode of the Blackocracy podcast. It's one of your hosts, Sean Travis. Um, I guess this week I'm Jessica still. I'm Jess. I'm fine. <laughs> um, yeah, Oriola still works. And for those who, you know, kinetic works, that still works. That's cool. All that's cool. She's 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 her. Yeah, I'm me. I am me. <laughs> yeah, I am her. Coming to you guys uh, with another installment of our take on our Black society, because I love our Blackness. So does Jess. Absolutely. Um, And yeah, so we're back this week. um, And I'm going to start off, I guess, on a positive note. And I'm sure, um, you know, Jess will give her thoughts as well. Um, I just want to say how beautiful, beautiful it is to watch, you know, the people mobilizing in the streets, um, the largest, I think they're saying this has become the largest um, protest um, so far in, in U.S. history. We saw, um, I'm not going to say the exact date we're recording this, but we saw in Philadelphia, we've seen in D.C., right. Minneapolis, Los Angeles, we've seen thousands, hundreds of thousands of people in the streets um, and they're advocating for the same thing, which is Black Lives Matter. So that, first off, I wanna start off and say thank you to all of the grassroots people, all the the people organizing and in the street Uh and doing what they can to to bring this message to the forefront and drowning out all of the negativity and moving forward with their blood, sweat and tears. So thank you all. And literal blood because there are actually some folks who have been parts of demonstrations or who've been associated with demonstrations and even one unlucky unfortunate brother who had nothing to do with any of it really he was just he's a chef and just um making food for both the protesters and the police who were outside in the heat and he got killed so um yeah and there was actually another uh black man who was killed um he was run over by a vigilante in i believe it's bakersfield um just a few days ago uh by a known white supremacist who was uh protected by the police there at the um protest and he was run over by that vigilante and actually died not too long ago. Wow. So um, I, one of my friends is actually doing a list of people who have been killed in the uh. present um, protests by police uh-huh. or by vigilantes in the protests, not even the brutality uh. surrounding, but in the protests. And she's running a list of people who were killed and injured. So it's not just killed, it's killed and injured. And she has about 17 names. Um, there was also wow. another, young, another young lady, I believe she was white, um, who was, um, she was uh, among the thousands who have been sprayed by this horrible and very lethal tear gas. Um, she was killed uh, in the protests. Um, she had respiratory issues that is by tear gas awful. and she died in the hospital. So, um, but yeah, there's been wow. protesters who have been shot by these also lethal rubber bullets. So let's mm-hmm. also let's say that off the rip. These non-lethal items that the police are using to quote unquote subdue protesters or quiet us and silence us, um, they are very lethal. There have been um, people whose they eyes have been lethal. taken out, people who have sustained head injuries, brain injuries. Um, a young seven-year-old girl was 
uh, sprayed with tear gas directly um, by officers. So they're showing that, you know, in, in response to people protesting police brutality, they are being brutal. Maintaining brutality. Yes. Yeah. So. Yeah. Um, and I also don't want us to um, be completely razzle-dazzled by the um, police who happen to start doing the electric slide and taking a knee along with protesters, although that's very nice to look at. Um, and it is performative in its way because what we're looking to and what we're looking for police officers um, in terms of accountability is that you hold your colleagues accountable um, and that you hold yourselves accountable. It may even be true beyond looking at the systematic reality of um policing and the various uh, ways that they're trained and what have you, um, we also need to make it a point to, you know, say, okay, even if we want to believe the whole, you know, oh, it's a few bad apples. If we want to believe that thing, um, however you want to frame that, then it's also still important to know that if that's the case, then you all internally, because you work with these people every single day, if you think that person's not you, then you know who these bad apples are. You know who they are. And you know who's, you know, had various violations and who's done this and who's done that and so on and so forth. All that being said, then that's y'all's job to literally police the police internally. You know who those folks are? Do what needs to be done. Um, work within your system, within that system to, you know, change policy, change training, stuff like that. Things that are necessary. Uh, speaking of the bad apples thing, um, I'm, have you seen what, about what happened in Buffalo with the 73-year-old man? Yes. Um, yes, you know, I have. In case you guys aren't aware, there's, I mean, this video is viral, so you can just Google 73-year-old Buffalo and it'll come up. But there's a video mm-hmm. that's happening in Buffalo. Um, two Buffalo police police officers, they are part of, I believe it's the emergency responder unit. Mm-hmm. They knocked over and pushed over a 73-year-old protester. Um, he fell to the ground. He began bleeding from the head. They walked over him and then began harassing those protesters who asked them to check on his well-being. Um, in the police report, they put in the police report that he tripped and fell. Then the video came out and um, Buffalo, the, the city, decided to charge uh, the two officers with felony assault. Um, after these two officers were charged with felony assault, um, 57 of their colleagues resigned from mm-hmm. the responder unit. Now they did not re- they did not resign from the force. They, res- they resigned from this unit, which means they're all still employed. Um, and then yesterday, after the two officers left the courthouse, a mob of police officers joined in them in solidarity and applauded them. So effectually, they were applauding um, the assaults of a 73-year-old man. Um, but right. this is this is what we're talking about when a lot of people say there are no good and bad apples. It is a system. This thing is in place, and there is solidarity with this blue shield. And um, I believe there are p- good people who are, are who are police officers. But if that if you are one of those good people, then you need to call out this behavior. You need to 
fight from within. Um, and like, for example, I've, um, I've been told by folks who I know on a personal level who are police officers. Yes, I do know some police officers. The majority of black people do know police officers because quite often folks who we know or, you know, have grown up with somehow, some way, especially once you hit the age of 30, you know, some cops. But anyway, so, <laughs> um, yeah, I, I've been told by a police officer that I know that they have been discouraged from making any type of statement or anything like that publicly one way or another um, by, you know, threat of some type of, uh, I don't want to say punishment, but like, you know, some type of sanction or something on their part. And so that's just like one example of how any type of, you know, weighing in or falling anywhere in any aisle, if that's what, you know, police officers are so concerned about not aligning with protesters and stuff like that. Um, And if we are also concerned with them, you know, being accountable and not saying those things that we find antagonizing or aligning with those types of messages, then it would just be as easy for any um, police force, which by the way, policing is not federally regulated. It's not. It's not like it's, you know, just one big body across the country where there's some type of central something or other. No, it's not. It's literally a state by state, county by county, (laughs) precinct by precinct thing, as has been said ad nauseum and explained in documentary after think piece after segment on last week tonight (laughs) so um it varies state by state and you know county by county and so, so that you know some of them might act like the wild wild west and some of them may not necessarily but um just saying that some folks could take a cue from that you know, say to your guys, hey, no matter how you feel, whether you, you know, want to hold the blue line or whether you want to align with protesters or whatever the case may be, we are not here to serve opinions. We are just law enforcement. <laughs> so anybody who, you know, if you're standing outside the courtroom and when other cops come out and you're applauding and crap like that, Ah, I'm suspending every last one of y'all. I don't want to see you outside doing nothing, saying nothing to nobody, unless that is your assigned shift and you were appointed to be there and you're getting paid. <laughs> That's it. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, things like that can be done because I've seen it done. And so, you know, just throw it. Yeah, and I mean, um, it's difficult. Like when you have, so... I guess the best way for me to break down a lot of this is we started off this discussion with talking about the protesters who have been abused by the police in this, right? Um, Flagrant misuse of power. Um, You have also, just yesterday in Minneapolis, um, 
we witnessed on there's video and it's also viral. So all of these police, these examples of police brutality within this protest, we're not even talking about the rampant police brutality outside of this protest, but within these protests, um, just yesterday in Minneapolis, um, there was a caravan of police going down the highway in Minneapolis. Um, there were protesters, uh, you know, different ethnicities, ages along the highway. And there's video of the police just spraying out pepper spray out of their cars in this caravan. So they're not on any detail. These are just people on the side of the highway with signs and they're spraying from their 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 police cars pepper spray and pepper spraying children and older people. And this is and you know, I talked about the young lady who passed away, but we're currently in a pandemic. Uh-huh. You know, um, peppers, the, the, the kind of spray that's being used, the U.S. Um, deemed it to be inhumane when it was used in Hong Kong. And they're using it here during a pandemic and they're not uh-huh. using it under any threat. They're using it just to spray people. Um, like I said, it's, there's video of a seven-year-old being sprayed directly in the face by a police officer. These uh-huh. people are misusing their power as an entity. It's not just a couple people here. These people are being brutal and they're mm-hmm. they're terrorizing people. Mm-hmm. Um, so I say that to, to, to just go on this, this point about the rules is there's different initiatives going on currently right now. Um, Black people aren't a monolith and neither are our methods of protesting. Um, but recently I've seen a campaign called Eight Can Wait, Eight Can't Wait. Um, spearheaded by D-Ray. And, you know, it's all about reform. And as you stated, that there are rules and they're just being, um, they're just being ignored. But, you know, when you talk about reform, reform is not working. Putting, putting rules in place is not working. Um, A lot of these rules and laws that are being suggested by um, Campaign Zero um, are already in place. And people have studied and seen, okay, well, this this reduction of violence by the police, these initiatives are already there. Um, yep. There was a report that a, a young man, a young black man, who trains the police in reduction of, of force was beaten at a protest two days ago. Yep. He said, I, I train these guys and they beat the hell out of me. So... That's when the, the conversation shifts and a lot of people on the ground are saying defund the police, abolish right. the police. LA, the, the mayor of LA just put in place a, an initiative to defund police when they commit crimes against civilians. Um, those are the kind of things that we need in place, I think, that are going to try to at least move this, this thing forward, you know? Ashe. <laughs> um, yeah, but th- this stuff is crazy, Jess. You know, I'm, 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 I'm trying to like not invest all of my energy, but as a person who has been stopped by the police, has been, had a gun held to me by the police. Wow. Um, the time, you know, I had a, I've had a kind of crazy life in my adolescence and especially in my early 20s and the time that I felt most afraid was when the East Orange Police Department stopped me and my friend took us out of the car in front of my friend's house who his brother is a police officer 
and they held guns to us and said that we fit the description of something that happened and they didn't tell us why and we were scared to death. I mean, so when these things happen, I don't like to look at black trauma, but I also need to be aware and I need to continue to have that thing stir up in me that makes me want to help in any way I can. Um, so it's crazy, you know? Yeah. Thanks for sharing that. Um, here's the funny but not so funny part. Um, you are not the first Black man this week even um, <laughs> with whom I am close who cited that specific police force of doing literally exactly that. <laughs> it's not funny, but like... It's the truth, yeah. I mean, you know... I'm sorry, y'all, because I, I even know some East Orange police officers, and I, and I did growing up, but, like, East Orange police, yo, they have a reputation. Whew. And I know that sounds big or whatever coming from me. I'm from Newark and all, but <laughs> East Orange police, yeah. Lord, they have, a, they have a history, man, and a reputation. Because I promise you, you are not the only black man I am connected to who said literally that. Like my my homeboy Troy, who is a blogger as well. I just don't um, have his information right off the top of my head because he just started it. But um, so I'll, I'll share it another time. But um, yeah, he said literally the same thing this week. Like a whole story about EO police, man. That's. Yeah. And it's it's a scary situation, you know. So when I see these things happen, um I try not to, you know, and I you're I know you feel the same way where it's like I can't watch these videos. Um, but also I need to be aware because a lot of the you know, a lot of the the manipulation comes in not being aware. So you have mm-hmm. to maintain awareness, but also you have to take care of yourself. And we're you gonna touch on that. Take care of yourself. I um I personally, and this is just my personal stance, I do not and, and this comes from a spiritual perspective as well as excuse me, my perspective as a um you know, again, my 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 bachelor's degree is in history and, and American studies. So that being said, like just suffice it to say, I have encountered and absorbed a whole lot more Black death, Black torture, Black trauma. And now I'm a freaking social worker. I mean, you know, I've uh, lynchings and and photos and all that, like any multimedia that you could have, like all of that. I have absorbed way more of that type of thing than I probably need it to in a lifetime. And I'm not the only person who can say this, but then the next dimension for it for me is the spiritual um, side of it. So, you know, I'm deeply connected to uh, the ancestors, let's just say, because when I say I'm connected to the dead, people like freak out, it's not that deep. I'm just connected to the ancestors. Um, And so, and just just as like a kind of spiritual calling, I'm deeply connected to um, folks' like difficulties, pain, and anguish. Um, so all that being said, like it's difficult for me to look at those sorts of things, even though 
there was a time in life when I wasn't as deep into my spiritual practice where I could, and you know, it's just not to say that it's whatever, but I could look at it. Um, let's just say that, you know, psychologically and emotionally, and because like I said, I'm so deeply connected to it on an emotional and spiritual level that like, I could look at you, you just a human being, but especially a black human being, I could see you having a difficulty right in front of me. Like I could see you choking and like, I'll start to feel something. So like, I I can't, I, I can't. And anyway, it's just not good for your psyche. It's not, and this is not even to get into the self-care part of the conversation yet, because that's later on in our conversation. But I'm just saying this as a way of not traumatizing yourself on purpose. You can manage and you can to some degree, which is very important for Black folks, because we experience enough trauma just living we experience enough trauma just within our family networks for many of us, not all, but many of us. Um, there are certain things that like friends and I have been discussing, and this is for both black men and women across the board. There are certain uh, things within parenting and within child rearing that need to occur um, in terms of like skin to skin contact in terms of, you know, support or not so much support, but like affection and um, like the ways that you speak to children, the ways you speak to infants and what have you, the different sounds that they hear, um, you know, just you talking to them, talking at them, indulging in the gibberish that they say, acting like you know what they talk about, you know, hugging them all the time, picking them up, just, you know, paying attention to their fussing and stuff like that. Things that culturally we, and I've heard folks say all the time, like, you know, oh, you don't want to spoil the baby. Like, oh, don't pick him up. Just let him, you know, just like cry it out and um, stuff like that. I, I've heard friends say stuff like, and, and also folks I've dated um, about how, you know, they didn't grow up in a lovey-dovey, affectionate, touchy-touchy um, household. I did. <laughs> so, you know, it's it's a little different for me and some people like me, like we hugged and kissed all over each other all the, the freaking time. But I recognize and understand that many folks did not and that I've heard, you know, people literally say to children and about children as they're crying or something like that, you know, don't pick them up, this, this, and that. I've heard friends uh, or friends have told me that, you know, their parents um, had to learn how to hug um they did not get hugs as a kid per se so those are not things that they thought or knew that you had to do um and i think that a lot of that also comes from certain and i believe we like touched on this before or discussed some part of this before maybe um that there are things that you know we may have um learned or taught ourselves um, throughout the, trauma, the the traumatic experiences, like since and during enslavement that we've um, been through as a people, where we learn certain survival mechanisms and certain ways that we taught our children to be, you know, be seen and not heard, um, all those types of things. But we did those things and we taught our children to downsize themselves 
um, and to not expect or want much because um, in a way to, to, to keep them safe, you know, yeah. don't show that you're super duper smart because that's the last thing we need is to, you know, call attention to you or call attention to some stuff, you know, or something like that. Then you'll be yeah. exploited and you'll be, you know, harmed, et cetera, et cetera. Right. Yeah. Again, not to say this happened to everybody. I'm sorry. Yeah. To, when it comes to emotions, you don't want to be. Yeah. And, and then when it, yeah, right. When it comes to like, you don't want to make noise. You don't want to do this. You don't want to do that. Um, so trying to unlearn those types of otherwise healthy, good things in our kids. Um, and again, not across the board, but it's, it's part enough of the culture for it to impact folks. Um, so just, you know, thinking about things like that, um, that that I definitely want to say that we need to be mindful of. We need to try to not do that anymore, um, and to unlearn and and break those things, those those uh, behaviors within us. To to just make sure that you try not to traumatize and re-traumatize yourself, and try not to traumatize and re-traumatize other Black folks. <laughs> Like it's really important for us right now to even within our anger to hold space for one another. Um, a sister and I on Facebook practiced that with one another without even saying that's what we were doing, but we did that. Like, you know, we were kind of, it may seem like we were kind of coming at each other on a post, but we literally, even in that aggressive sounding talking, we held space for one another to be aggressive. And to be transparent and be like, well, are you pissed off? Because you sound pissed off. <laughs> and be like, well, no, I'm not pissed off. But are you pissed off? Like, because right now we both sound like we're a little crazy. Um, and then, you know, for her to be honest and say, well, no, I am pissed off. <laughs> like in general. Yeah. And, you know, for us to, you know, ha- come to a good place in that exchange regardless and say like yeah like everybody's froggy right now we're on edge um i think that that's major i think that's a good place that we need to get to as a people being able to even though we're angry and even if you're the person i'm angry with (laughs) you know um and this translates through all types of relationships and interactions if we can you know not to say you could be superhuman and deny your ability to be angry and that's just it but you know just saying like try at least in this time to hold space for one another and hold space um for the anger part too yeah um, just to add to that um yeah, it's important for us to hold space for each other and to communicate with each other. But I, I also want to kind of underline it with what you said at the end, where which it's it's okay to be angry. Um, a lot of the way that the the system, I guess, to be very generic, um, the way the system kind of deals with black people is to uh, villainize our anger, our righteous anger. Um, because any disruption to the system, especially one that comes with anger and aggression, um, those responses are justified and they typically make change. Uh Um, So you're gonna see people um, who try to, I guess we were gonna go into this, but people who try to co-opt the movement to 
put a, a, a smiley face and a bow on what's going on and, and hand the cops a Pepsi, mm. hugging police and kneeling with cops and dancing with police and we're mm. all happy and we just want to come out here and and be happy. And <laughs> I think someone said yesterday, I was, I was reading on my timeline and said, someone said, you have to create a difference between a protest and a parade. Yes. You have mm-hmm. to make that you have to be very clear in the difference between those two things um, because we all want peace. The humans, any human that being that you meet just wants to survive and be happy. Um, so we all want that. But what's happening to us is not something that we need to be peaceful about. We need to disrupt. Um, and so you see cops who kneel with protesters and, and you know, some protesters want peace. Some protesters are there just for photo op. So you're going to get people who want to kneel with police, no matter where their intentions lie. But then we've had instances where that's happened. And then in 30 minutes, the police rain the entire crowd with rubber bullets and tear gas. So there has to be, so the, the police are holding to their line. They're telling people, oh, we'll kneel with you, but you guys have to get out of here. Um, so the police are holding their line, hold, and they're using people's want for happiness and peace to silence them. Um, you see things like in DC, where the mayor paints the boulevard with Black Lives Matter, and she, you know, she's the the queen of the protest yesterday. You know, almost like the queen of a parade, and she's actually, and this is a black woman, Mayor Bowser in DC. Meanwhile, she painted this boulevard, Black Lives Matter. Mm-hmm. She's building a $500 million jail. Yeah. she's She has proposed to and increase she's increasing the police funding. budget yes, by $19 million. Million. $19 million. $19 million of them dollars. And then last night... I wonder what the school system's like in D.C. at all, though. But whatever. Listen to this part. People are angry because people are saying defund the police, defund the police, penalize the police. Um, and on the more the the farther side, which I'm also on because there are d- different ways to do it, but to abolish the police, people are angry at people for having this point of view, but they've been defunding education. They've been defunding healthcare. You saw the horrible response to COVID. They've been defunding these programs to increase police budgets, increase military budgets uh-huh. against their own people. So defunding a part of our government or a part of this, this system is not a new idea, okay? But she's she is increasing, she wants to increase the police budget by $19 million, build a $500 million prison. But she puts on the happy thing. She marches with the people, paints Black Lives Matter on the street. Um, last night, to just to add on to that, they actually painted uh, equals defund the police at the end of that Black Lives Matter plaza. Excellent. So Excellent. Um, Perfect. Wonderful. Yeah. I'm glad they did that. Yeah, because yeah, this, this performative... Yeah, this performative um, solidarity is 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 the worst. Um, tons of folks and tons of ways that you know this is being co-opted, trying to be co-opted. Um, you and so let's let's go ahead and get into these folks who are trying to co-opt the rage. <laughs> um, <laughs> and you know, get shit started, get stuff um, escalated, and what have you. Um, 
so there have already been multiple videos and more than likely you've seen something by now. Um, there are multiple videos and pictures floating around um, of police themselves breaking windows and breaking this and this and that and, thir- and the third. Um, no disrespect to people whose establishments have been um, looted or whatever, whatever respect they deserve. But, um, uh, you know, there, there have been um, photos of, you know, folks like kind of being okay with their property being destroyed. Like, <laughs> like, like there, there are all types of people out here who are not from the hood you know, not necessarily black. <laughs> and they're out there being the ones to start breaking windows and, you know, busting down doors and uh, breaking security locks and other types of things and destroying property, getting stuff started. Um, I- I'm in a, um, I'm in a Facebook group for folks who practice conjure and there were there was a photo shared in there where and we've seen this happen before so this has nothing to do with this whole situation right now but folks who clearly are not black and then they've they're caught later on so we know for a fact that they're not black but black folks knew beforehand as soon as we encountered it but you got folks going around um, spray painting, you know, oh, I hate white people or Black Lives Matter or whatever the case may be. Spray painting it on, you know, in white folks' neighborhoods or in this case, um, a cemetery. They they like spray painted it on people's um, tombstones and, and carrying on. I'm sorry. I don't want to cut off your point, so just bookmark that. But I don't know if you saw, but there was somebody spray painted um, something about free coloreds or something like that. Yeah, somebody was like, yeah, when was exactly. the last time a black person called themselves colored? Right, right, right. But it's stuff like that. And like just by where it's done, how it's done, uh, the way it's done and what is literally actually said in said spray painted message and in said so-called graffiti like we just go ahead and call this vandalism it's not graffiti like and just by all of those things by all of those otherwise cultural markers <laughs> you know we can tell nobody black did that nobody black went to a cemetery and did thing one first of all unless we were there to do our own work or bury or take care of our own dead which is a whole other conversation, literally for a whole nother pot. But ain't no black folks been in no cemetery doing nothing. Not messing with nobody's stuff that didn't belong to us at all. We don't do that. We don't play in cemeteries because we don't play with death. (laughs) We don't play with death. We don't play with the dead. We don't do that. And also we have a historical precedent with our bodies and our graves being desecrated in and after death. Like I said, there's a whole nother pot, but let me just say that much. So we don't play about things like that. So ain't no black person went in no cemetery and vandalized nothing, number one. Number two, ain't no black person went, because you see where all the riots and everything is happening. It's happening in centralized um, big cities. We didn't go to the suburbs and do none of that. So no, we ain't been in your uh, suburban neighborhood and vandalized nothing. Because we didn't. And with the things that are literally said within the vandalism, that's not how we talk. So we didn't say that. 
<laughs> no black person did this, right? So another example of white folks and other folks who are not black um, trying to get stuff kicked off because y'all want to see the race war. You want to see it. We know it, you know? Um, well, even too, um, you know, there. So yeah, there's, we've seen, like you said, the videos of, there's the infamous video with the police officer with the umbrella. Um, oh yeah, and there's, busting the windows. Yeah, yeah, then there's actual other videos. <laughs> there's other videos of police looting and stealing yes. stuff from places. Yes. Um, all this is on video, you know? We talked about this earlier in the pod, and now we're talking about the, the more quote-unquote riot, violence, co-opting part. And the police are just as active in this, but you know, I, another end, of the spectrum, like you have the people who want something to kick off um, on, you know, the more anarchist side or people who just, like you said, they want something to kick off. It may not be something of ill towards black people, but they just want some kind of like things, rage against the system, you know, rage against the machine kind of thing to pop off. And I mean, the president is trying to label it as Antifa who cares, you know, about his whole thing with, with his hatred for this group that he is basically saying is, is black people's rage because we see it's black people who are at the foundation of this. Um, but you know, it's these extremists who kind of want to see it, but it's also just bored white kids coming out, stealing from stores. We got the videos of the white kids stealing cheesecake and stuff like that from places. And they just want to, steal and be mischievous you know in the middle of people who have a a message and are are protesting for something you know that's real so yeah um yeah like to really briefly piggyback off that of what you just said um so to to intensify the point (laughs) because it's it's not just um you know, like maybe a few people or one person who happens to be, you know, in um, Antifa or something like that. Like there are literal groups of folks, anarchists, Antifa, like you said, socialists, communists, and I'm not saying this because I'm against socialism or communism and I'm pro democracy. Please do not take that out of context and say that I'm one of those. Yeah. You know, like I'm, oh, yay, America, boo, Russia. Absolutely not. <laughs> I'm not one of those. Um, but what I'm saying is, I have literally seen with my own eyes and literally sat among these folks while they played their little banjos and whatever and, you know, made their strange potato salad and whatever. I have literally seen folks, groups of people, mostly white, who, you know, sit around, have their little picnics and stuff like that on weekends and they discuss dialectics and they read Marx and so forth and they, you know, keep their finger as much as they possibly can to the pulse of when and where, um, especially African-American folks are, you know, uh, tired and disgruntled and they plan to and then actually get up and go, implant themselves in the unrest there, be it just protesting, be it just rallying or whatever the case may be. And they try to get mess going 
they literally do this. Now, these folks, and they're not from the community or whatever the case may be. I've posted about this on Facebook before, but let me just really drive the point home. There literally are groups of people who do this. And they um, they they go and plant themselves. They start crap. They try to start crap. They can afford to do that. They can afford to post bail, all these other types of things. And when all the thing is over, whether, you know, the, and, and believe me, I, I believe in rights. So don't, don't take this the wrong way. But these folks get stuff started. And then when, you know, whatever it is, community is laying in the shambles, that individual, whether they post bail or they never even get arrested to start with, they go home to the burbs and mind their own business or, you know, back to um, doing the thing somewhere else. Vanguardism. You know, this is what these Marxists and whatever folks who claim Leninism, who claim Marxism, that's what these folks believe. And that's what these folks set out to do. So it's it should be no mystery that these things actually happen because now we know and we have proof and I know now because I've literally been around these people and I used to be in certain organizations, cough, the Uhuru movement, cough, <laughs> where vanguardism, that's literally what they believe and literally what they teach. I mean, if you like, you know, uh, O'Malley Eshetel and the things that he says, that performative stuff and whatever, hey, do you? Whatever. Um, but I've been in the organization, other people have been in the organization, you know, like we usually largely keep quiet about that sort of thing. But creating and spreading propaganda is what they do. Um, and they're not necessarily the only ones who do it. They're just the most prominent ones who happen to be black facing, black facing, but they're white funded. So it is what it is, you know, whatever. But you got groups like that and they do plan to go to places, you know, uh, create demonstrations and stuff like that, get stuff started, get arrested, make a, make a scene (laughs) or whatever. Um, you know, so, and take that for what you want, take that how you want and do with it what you think you feel is necessary, I guess, in your own personal life as to how you react to these situations and get involved or don't get involved. I'm just saying these things so that you're mindful that that's a part of the puzzle. Yeah, Um, You know, not to say that you should like go out and condemn these organizations or whatever. I'm not telling you how to feel about them. I'm just telling you that. It's creating awareness. Yeah, just creating awareness. Like if you think for any reason that when you arrive on a scene somewhere and it's a protest or any type of any type of like mass showing of a thing, even if it's just half a even if it's just a dozen y'all at a place but especially the bigger that it gets just don't take for granted that at all times the people who are there are the literal and the people who are there and the people who are doing any one thing are literally the people who are from that region from that area and are showing either their solidarity or their disgust because that's not the case regardless to what people think and how people feel personally this is still a capitalist slash opportunist society so it's always going to be other players involved who are doing what they think is necessary to get whatever it is end that they think they want yeah and i mean um we, we spoke about we touched on how the police co-op movements with the kneeling 
while they mm-hmm. commit acts of brutality. Mm-hmm. Um, we touched on the mayor of D.C., Bowser, and her performativeness while increasing the police budget. Um, she also is still uh, still hiding a lot of the police brutality that happens in D.C., and she's mm-hmm. trying to build this prison. Um, but also, we have the activists um, and part of the activist audience is what you're describing and detailing, right? You have the these guys, these people who come there not with the intention of what the protest is about, but because their organization has their own intention. Mm-hmm. Um, and the, the activist part for them is they're acting like it's BLM just to fit in. And then once they get in, they infiltrate and then cause chaos. Um, mm-hmm. Then you have the other activists um, who um, just yesterday, there was a protest in New York that ended with the police chief in New York. Start, he started marching with the, the with a lot of the protesters. Now, that's ridiculous because the NYPD has been some of the most brutal. They've beaten uh, delivery drivers for violating curfew who didn't know. There's videos of that. They've beaten kids, women um, during these protests. And then the police chief yesterday, he started marching. And then a gentleman who had a camera crew with him who was wearing a black beret. I believe his name is Paris something. Um, he comes out with his camera crew and with a microphone and hit a beret on and he starts hugging the cop and walking with the police officer. Um, and it's just come out today that this young man is an employee of an event staging company. If you guys aren't aware what event staging company is, event staging companies are part of the marketing field. Um, just think of people handing out pamphlets, but instead of handing out pamphlets, they act a certain role to market whatever the product is. Now it's come out that this young man is a part of them, but more videos have come out where he's been in these NYPD protests with his own camera crew and microphone. And a lot of his message hinges upon uniting with the police. Um, So you have these kind of individuals who infiltrate protests um, to silence people. Um, You also have people and I mentioned this gentleman earlier in the pod, D-Ray, who's put out this reform, um, which we don't need reform. Police are not following rules. Putting more rules in place <laughs> is just something. Putting more rules in place is just something just there. It's, it's also performative. Right. Yeah, it's thank you. That's what I'm looking for. Performative. It's, it's something that politicians are going to latch on, right? Because politicians love policy. So if you deal in policy and data, they're going to jump on it because guess what you don't have to do when you present policy and data? You don't have to act on it. It's uh-huh. it's up to the discretion of whoever is, is there to act on it. Um, so a lot of brands and corporate media and these people latch on to reform because it's non-active. You don't really have to do anything about it. It doesn't present much consequences to put more laws in place without any kind of follow-through. Um, And so, you know, D-Ray has been criticized for co-opting a lot of the Ferguson movement. You know, people on the ground like Darren Seals and a lot of the people who have been killed were critical of that entire campaign because they were not there. Um, So you have to, I think the number one thing that from what Jessica was talking about with um, these vanguard entities and stuff like that, and from what I'm talking about on the politician, police, and activist side of it is you need to vet people. Um, And it's Mm -hmm. not just, and I'm not just talking about like, you know, 
grassroots organizations vetting people. I'm just saying in general, guys, like anybody that we try to form alliances with, you have to vet mm-hmm. their credentials, vet what they stand for. Um, and if they don't meet the requirement, they have to go. Um, and I have to extend, I have to extend love to the protesters in Minneapolis. Um, the mayor um, came out, I believe his name is uh, Frey. He came out, you know, he cried at the, uh, he cried at the funeral of George Floyd. You know, that video went viral. He was on his hands and knees crying and sobbing. I told y'all I ain't watching these videos. I don't even care what it's about. I ain't watching none of it. I ain't trying to have that mess in my psyche. But I just, need, I just need to extend love to these people because we're talking about co-opting movements. And uh, Jacob Frey is the mayor um, there in Minneapolis. And he has, you know, he cried at George Floyd's funeral. He was like Mayor Bowser in DC. He's been marching with the protesters. And yesterday, um, the protesters in Minneapolis, they got him on the microphone and you know he was giving his words in solidarity with black people and they got him on the microphone and they asked him will you commit to defunding police um, <laughs> he said no and they immediately cursed him out and told him get the hell out of here you don't belong here and then they yelled shame mm-hmm. as he walked away from the podium it's the saddest and excellent walk i've ever seen in my life and i retweeted on my twitter excellent um, and he walked away sadly. And I mean, I don't know what that means as far as where he goes next, but that was beautiful to see a group of people and protesters who have been on the ground there in Minneapolis since the murder of George Floyd, get him on the microphone, you know, and hold him to task. Okay, you've been crying and doing all this stuff and marching with us, but will you defund the police? And the moment yeah. he said no, will you do anything past this 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 uh, performance right here? Yeah. The whole entire crowd they kicked him out and shame, shame, shame as he walked away. Mm-hmm. We need, we have to hold these people accountable. Whoever the co-opters are, we have to weed them out, and especially with our politicians, um, because their hands get greased and they get certain benefits from helping these organizations keep us under their knee. Uh, no mm-hmm. pun intended, but. Um, you know, it's a, it's something that's happening now. And, you know, I just love the fire and passion that I'm seeing out here. I think it's, it's a, I started off with that, but I, I love it. And, um, mm-hmm. it's despite all the negatives that we could talk about, um, seeing people really take to task what's going on is, is a wonderful thing. Correct. Um, pardon oh. me, I'm chewing an Eminem. <laughs> <laughs> I also have to say, um, seeing the money that's been raised for Breonna Taylor has been dollars for her and her family. Mm-hmm. Um, also, I have friends in Kentucky. Despite what you may hear, I know I know every story has to be told. Despite what you may hear, though, you have to also be careful about some of the narratives. There are people putting their blood, sweat, and tears for certain people, and they don't get the credit. There are people marching. People have been shot to march for Breonna Taylor. Mm-hmm. Um, and I have to say that the police there have still been not charged or arrested. Mm-hmm. That cannot stop there in Kentucky until that happens, you know? I think it's important to note that even though it is the case, and I do believe um, as well that not as much um, of our attention and energy is given when 
<clears throat> excuse me. Again, I'm showing an Eminem. Um, not as much attention is given when black women are the targets of police brutality, but nevertheless, I think it's very important to note that all of our voices in protests are not a monolith. Um, because then I started to see like a back and forth and an argument starting up, of course, on our favorite place, Facebook. Um, you know, like rather than seeing the compassion in what either side is saying, like then you know we always just kind of default to the the bickering back and forth, where we black women will say, you know, we're we're not getting um, equal representation or whatever, and then someone will see us say that and then go, oh y'all acting like it ain't some people out here protesting for everybody, like you know, and then the bickering starts. In the interest of not indulging in the bickering, um, which I commented on that person's uh, post as well, that it is important to note the both and in everything. And this is a very um, uh, African cultural reality, both and, not, you know, either or. Both things are and can happen at the same time. So, you know, it may be very well true that there's an imbalance in attention. Nevertheless, all rabble rousing and all protesting and all individuals who go out and raise their voices, even if you're in the same literal demonstration and protest, not every single one of us is there for the same exact reason. Um, there are some of us who are shouting George Floyd and George Floyd only. There are some of us who are shouting um, Brother Ahmad and George only. There are some people who are saying all three. There are some people who um, are only saying Brianna. There are some people who are honestly just sick and tired of the whole thing. Um, and I mean, this is, you know, years and now years and decades in the making. The bow broke for them and they're just done. And now we actually have, excuse me, the space and time because everybody, for the most part, is still at home. The country is still not completely open. Capitalism functions the way that it does. And one of its major functions, um, the way that it functions is that we all have to constantly be busy, 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 busy. If you are constantly having to be on the go to chase your livelihood, to chase your abundance, to chase the ability to take care of yourself and the people you love. If you are constantly or otherwise just tired from the chase, you know, if you're constantly, and I will not say the word distracted, but if you are constantly, constantly, constantly busy and otherwise preoccupied, which capitalism loves for you to be, <laughs> if you're always preoccupied, you don't have the time nor the um, energy physically, nor the uh well, the, the, the extra income to be able to rail against the system in any type of way. You can't do it the peaceful way, which is, you know, uh, 
bring up lawsuits and sue folks or, you know, get petitions signed and try to get the, the question or whatever put on the ballot or, you know, all these things. You can't afford to do those things because they're taxing. They take time. They take energy and they're expensive as hell to do. <laughs> so, <laughs> you know, when everything is running the way that it should, you don't have time to make change. You don't have the money to make change. You can't afford to take off work to make change. <clears throat> Excuse me. All of those things play a major role in the fact that otherwise we pretty much stay quiet because we just don't have the time and the airspace and, and the money to do it. But yeah. with with COVID going on, country still is largely shut down. Folks are at home, folks are laid off, folks are furloughed or working from home or unemployed, whatever the case may be. Oh, we got the time and space now, hell with it. Get it started. <laughs> That's the reason why I think the, the, the timing of this, um, being so instrumental in the turnout numbers and people who aren't right. in this is because of with the pandemic. Um, mm-hmm. But I just want to kind of go back a little bit. It's, I, I agree with everyone's, we've already outlined on the, we've outlined on the negative, negative spectrum. People's intentions may be varied, you know? Um, but on the positive end, people's intentions and focus is also maybe varied. It's like you said, people are all on the street for different reasons. Um, whether it's Floyd, Brianna, whether it's Amadou Diallo, whether it is right. Atiana Jefferson, um, people's intentions are varied, but it's all underlying under the one thing is we're tired of being subjugated in the United States of America. And it's just important, I think, um, to go back and say that if you're part of the media or if you are just a person in general who is interested in what is happening right now, it is important to tune in to the people on the ground. Um, That's where you have a lot of the the activists who are able to market and and get money and grant funding from doing things that they did not do is because they co-op the work that's being done on the ground. And um, I think there was, as we're saying names, There was an article written by Brittany Cooper in Time where she talked about how nothing was happening with Breonna Taylor. And again, though I understand where she's coming from, and I completely agree that the crimes done against Black women are underreported, a lot of Black women, specifically Black women, um, replied to her article and she went back and forth on her on her feed a lot of black women did not like that because they said hey we've actually been protesting since before george floyd and we've raised this much money and um a young lady that she even profiled in her article was like this is false like these are lies and so while i get that we have to shine a light and highlight people who are not being highlighted we a hundred percent should we also need to connect with those who are doing the work, the work, work, the work, 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 work. And um, a lot of the protesters in Ferguson, they were not connected with when it came to elevating the work that they had already done. And I just don't want to see that happen with what's going on now. And we're seeing with a lot of the people that were named earlier, is that they're trying. They're trying to silence those voices on the ground, mm-hmm. all for grant money and all for career motivation. And we just can't let that happen. Um, 
and to give right. more to give more context um there's a a writer that i like i think it's terrain walker he put out this whole thing recently about murdered by police and they they did some data they did some number crunching and almost 2000 black men in the last five years have been killed by the police um the number for black women is lower but it's around 70 black women were killed by the police this is just killed this is not harassed um so that's one in 1,000 Black men are killed by the police. 90% of police homicides, 90% now, yep. are Black men. 90%, let me, for the third time, 90% of police homicides are Black men. Black men make up how much of this population? Um, and then to, to not even stay focused on Black men, which that number is crazy, we see all of these videos where police are beating the hell out of black women. They are, there's been uh, reports about the black women who've gone missing in police custody. We saw what happened with Sandra Bland. Um, these things are not just every now and then, you know? So missing these rape. things are, yeah, these things are happening nonstop. And so we're actually, when we talk about the crimes against black women, when we talk about the crimes against black men, by the system, we're only even touching on a percentage. You know, we've talked about Breonna Taylor and Ahmaud Arbery and George Floyd and Atiana Jefferson. Those are what, four or five names? The, yeah. Of the thousands that are being killed? Of, of both genders of, of, that are harassed and killed? Like, we're not even touching the surface, period, you know? Period. We're not even scratching the surface. Period, and you know during this whole thing, I and actually, also with the um, still with the prevalence of like you know no knock warrants and stuff like that, um, our elderly, yes, who are impacted because they be busting in folks' houses. Yes. <laughs> like it's not funny, but this is real. Yeah, I mean you know we laugh sometimes to stop from crying, but I mean you know this this is real, and we you know. And I get it. We need to shine a light on those who have not shined a light on. But I just kind of want to express to everyone on whatever side of the fence you're talking about is that period, we have not scratched the surface. You know, if we were actually to go out and march for everybody who died, we this would be 365. And believe me, I am for that. <laughs> this would be 365. Correct. Uh, Correct. You know, 24 hours a day. Um, so you're going to get certain things that spark, um, that spark the fire. And, you know, as much as you, you or I don't watch these trauma videos, typically these trauma videos are what ignites this. Um, right. So it's just being aware that um, th these incidents are not few and far between. They're actually daily. And um, even for a person like myself who tries to stay up on these things, I've also been exposed to other instances that happened. Um, there was a 23-year-old young man in Illinois, I believe, who was killed by the police, black young kid who was walking down the street and he had some kind of social anxiety and he ended up having a heart attack, you know, mm. in, in, in police custody. There's a young woman in, in California who was arrested. Um, she was having some kind of issues. She was arrested. The cops said they released her at midnight, but she disappeared. No one saw her. Um, and then finally they found her body not far from the police station. There's been all kinds of instances of this. I just watched a video earlier with a young black mother who was taken out of her car by a cop, wrestled and choked on the ground. There are stories that are coming out now 
that we had no idea about. But people are now feel comfortable to go, yo, this happened. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, We actually have one in uh, New Jersey as well, unfortunately. Yeah, just uh, and I just yeah, I just shared that. um, And he's actually not even from New Jersey, unfortunately. Um, He's actually out of Poughkeepsie, New York, and in uh, in May, in a rotating traffic stop um, on the Garden State Parkway. Yeah. You know, as he was waiting for um, a tow truck, I believe, or something of that sort. Um, or somehow or other, the state trooper ended up shooting and killing him. Yeah. <laughs> Just. He was not arrested. He was not being. Not killed. arrested, not detained. <laughs> insane. Um, insane. Absolutely insane. Yeah. I. Yeah. I, I really want to, um, I guess, finally just really get back to, and I don't, I don't want to go through a whole, because we can, we can make this um, a whole additional pod just talking about self-care only, and I think we should, um, and ways to find joy and to, you let's know. Let's do that on the be, next pod. Let's, yeah, the next pod. Let's go in depth on that one. Uh, but right now, I just really want us to, like, wrap out, I'm sorry, wrap up in talking about accountability and um you know we already touched on holding space for one another but and we started to touch on um holding folks accountable in terms of like the information or the things that they say i'm not saying to police folks or to tone police folks etc what i'm saying is to drive the point home about vetting. Make sure that vetting process happens with you as well. We got folks that, you know, and this is, you know, a very emotional stuff, very emotional topics, very emotional time. Folks, and this is regardless to race, honey, because <laughs> adhering to facts is a struggle <laughs> these days. <laughs> Stop, please. And for various reasons, now, you know, depending on your, your context and depending on your race and all that kind of stuff, the reasons why you do it can vary. But folks go off half cock and just say some stuff. As you were noting that that um, young lady made the post and then other people went back like, um, this is not entirely true, sis. Um, you know, she just went and this is not this is not a moment where, you know, I like mansplain and go, you know, not all men. I'm not saying that either. Because then that would be willfully obtuse. But just there's, to there's, say, listen, before you there, even continue, there is a there is an understanding and a middle ground. You know, you don't have to be, you know, in the Internet age, everyone picks a tribe and that's it. Yeah. And I think the hardest part is going, let me walk away. Yeah. Let me understand, implement this in your daily life. You have to empathize with people and go, why are they saying this? And then find a way to correct them without demonizing maybe, because you don't know their intention. I mean, yes, there are people who are just, have horrible intention and they're nuts. And if you give them facts, they look at you like they're, you're like, you're crazy. But I and, think- and not only that, but they, <clears throat> they're good spin doctors and they'll spin that mess on you. And I'm not going to say her name, but um, 
Yeah, because I don't I don't want to give that chick any type of prominence. No, no. no. But she's been yeah, a lot of folks have been talking about her recently too, and in her ability to do that and be anti-black in front of white folks and whatever. So, you know, to be their favorite show pony. And it, you know, it is what it is. But honestly, truly, vet yourself and vet the folks that you're listening to. Um, you know, people will go off half cocked and say, ain't nobody doing this. Just like people, some people still say, which dear God, I don't know how you could say it, but they still say it. You know, ain't no black businesses in that community, blah, blah, blah. <laughs> Crock a bull, man. That is literally not true anywhere. Or hold on, how about this one? I watched an episode this morning of Kevin Hart on Joe Rogan and honest to God, he said like I was rocking with the majority of what he said, but then he started talking about, you know, his upcoming um uh partnership with uh, J.P. Morgan Chase to, to teach financial literacy to kids in the hood. And he literally and he went on about this for a minute and he repeated it over and over again that there's no education whatsoever. There's literally nobody talking about how to manage money, how to create a bank account, this, this, that, and the third in, in the black community. That is the biggest crock of bull I've ever seen. Now, I could, I could agree on some level that the both civic and financial education that should be happening in our public schools, in our school systems, and sometimes in our homes, but especially because some parents don't even know, so I can't give you what I don't have, you know, um, to whatever degrees, yes, that may be lacking, but a lot of that with the difference between us and let's say white well-to-do neighborhoods is that the parents already come with that base of knowledge, but not only the base of knowledge, but they come with the assets and things they've already accrued and then therefore can employ their child, have a friend employ their child and whatever outright. There are some folks in our community that can do those things, but they're not as, it's, it's not as, um, it's not as common. You know what I mean? And so it's a complete crock of bull for somebody to say something like that. Y'all got to stop letting stuff pass the smell test just because it strikes a chord with your emotionality about the thing. We feel strong, yeah, we feel strongly about it. And that's fine. That's dope. You can. But don't be letting people walk around here and say crazy stuff about your people, even if they're one of us. There's no, there's no financial aid. That's not true, man. You can't tell me that folks don't know to go open up a bank account because that's that's a primary reason of how Bank of America and Wells Fargo got the fortunes that they got. Now, charging all those exorbitant fees and whatever on folks in the hood and stuff like that. No, we do have bank accounts. Plenty of us have bank accounts. Are you kidding me? Um, You know, and we may not necessarily know how to like invest in the stock market in a major way. Not all of us. or understand the Dow Jones and things like that. Sure, maybe not. But the majority of poor and working class people don't, period, regardless to race. It's not like you're going to roll up in Appalachia right now and they know how to, you know, uh, they they know what market securities are. They don't either. (laughs) So, you know, like... Just to make it plain, it's erasure. It's erasure. Erasure. Right. Erasure, right. erasure to make your point. And then, like you said, when they make that point, it will tug at the heartstrings of someone who already has that feeling. So when you say things like, no one's, ta- no one is talking about Breonna Taylor, instead of saying, I, w- instead of saying, what can I do 
to amplify or who is talking about her so I can amplify them. It's no one is. So now you're erasing all of the work that's being done. Yeah, you're erasing it's, the work that there are, are actual people doing. It's saying to the person that you, that you started talking about, who I will not name either, to say that no one talks about black on black crime you are now erasing all of the grassroots organizations, all of the people, all of the mentors, all of the, the human resource who are dedicated to helping their communities. You are now erasing them because you want to make a point. When the, when the point that you should be making is, I am not talking about my community. Thank you. Literally what I was going to say. My community enough. Speak for yourself. When you say that no one Mind is business about finances... <laughs> Again, you are erasing the teachers and mentors and people on the ground who are talking about finances because you want to market your program. Yeah. It's, it's erasing crazy. that. With JP Morgan Chase, no less. Who just... <laughs> like, do we want to dig into whatever type of unfair banking practices have likely infected um, impacted the black community That's five. that That's have five come five. from J.P. Morgan Chase. Like, do we really want to do that? That's five. Or, five. Yeah. Or any of these banks individually, for that matter. But this is um, thing that people do, man. They erase the work and the human resource who are doing these things because they want to be the shining factor, you know? Um, when I see people say, you're not talking about this, you know, there's a trend now on Twitter called, is this, this you? Where people search your name and the topic that you're declaring about. Yes. And so when you say certain things like people aren't talking about X, Y, Z, but then they search your name and that topic and you've never talked about it up until that tweet or update. Yes. We caught you. If it's something that needs to be highlighted, you know, whether it's finance or 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 what's going on in our communities, then highlight then just it. literally go highlight the thing. Yeah. <laughs> literally go. Ain't nobody talking about this. Okay. <laughs> like I, I, it's it's just very very it's very reductive yeah I mean if I search very reductive. and if I search Kevin Hart and uh, financial literacy program and the first tweet is J.P. Morgan I'm a feel away because now you yeah. say nobody talked about it but you haven't up until this partnership um, right you, know, you, and you said that with the corporations now with these BLM posts and stuff like that where they're literally the antithesis of what they're declaring um, yeah yep absolutely we for like more than an hour I think yeah we have we're, we're way <laughs> past time I've, I've missed things that I needed to do oh, God. <laughs> sorry it's alright um, we need to get this out but more importantly yeah um, I don't know We'll, we'll we'll talk more about um let's let's talk about later. self-care in the next episode let's yeah definitely dig deep into that i'm sure there'll be more updates on protests and things going on i also want to dig deeper on since we we we, we needed to get this episode out to kind of vent about what's going on but i think in the next one I had a conversation with my life partner significant other about the multiple different ways to protest Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So we, we, we can talk more about that and self-care because I'm mm-hmm, sure there's mm-hmm. also going to be other news updates and things going on which we can touch on as well but I think mm-hmm, those are important mm-hmm. you know as being too you gotta people. you gotta protect your neck <laughs> you know also yeah literally and figuratively yeah, yeah. I I ain't even really necessarily make mean um the pun on that, but 
Wow. Yeah. But it, it's real. You gotta protect yourselves, uh, black folks. That's another conversation now. Yeah, protect yourselves. How do we protect ourselves? Do do what you need to do to make sure that you don't go off the deep end. Please. Um, Please. Yeah. And like we said, we'll talk about practical ways or like ideas or things that we've noticed and seen in the next pod, but Please don't absorb trauma if you can't avoid it. Don't absorb more of it. Use your words. Learn how to just clearly say, I am angry right now. I am agitated. I'm not really making sense. <laughs> like, or I may not make sense to you, but I am upset. Yeah. Yeah. And if you can find somebody in your life and times who can just let you be upset, then you are blessed. And please do that. I guess from from my last words here, um, until next time, what I'm what I would advise everyone to do is read black radical literature by many different authors. Um, I'm gonna try to I'm going to try to, there's a couple lists that I found and I'm going to try to post that. I haven't really been posting on social media a lot, but I'm going to start that back up and please read black, black radical literature. Um, it's important in this time when you have a lot of reformist voices and pacifist voices and, um, and different other things. I need people to kind of go back in their roots and realize, you know, some of the things from our past from, from several different authors um, who speak about times like this um, because it'll help you form some kind of foundation for your thought. Um, and just, you know, like we've been preaching this whole episode, um, be critical and mm-hmm. also reserve space for your own mental health. You know, that's mm-hmm. important. Mm-hmm. Well, thank you. No, until, until next time. Uh... Stay black, stay strong, or whatever it is you feel you need to be at the moment. Stay whatever that is. Be present. Be present. (laughs) Be present. (laughs) All right. We'll talk to you guys uh, next episode. And make sure you follow us on Instagram and Twitter and all that. We're going to do our best to actually tweet. You know, we're we're going to do this. (laughs) The Blackocracy on all social media. So Facebook. All social media. At the Blackocracy. So we'll see you guys next time. Peace.